if you like audiobooks or audio shows, check out a free trial of Audible. Just click the link in the description. Welcome to Mindshack. This is Bruce McGuire. And Maxwell Powers. And we are going over another highly controversial conspiratorial topic. Predictive programming. What is it? Is it real? And how does it affect the master plan of the Illuminati or the New World Order or the reptilian entities that David Icke says exist and dominate the world? <laughs> A lot of conspiracies to unravel. As always, if you like the podcast, you can donate to our PayPal. Just check the link in the description. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Hit the bell for notifications. And make sure you allow those notifications to go through on your device. If you like the video, hit the like button. And feel free to share it across social media platforms. Any questions, comments, thoughts, theories, debunkings, insults, just drop them in the comment section. You can also check us out. Facebook, Reddit, Patreon, Twitter. Patrons do get priority in requesting topics and or cases as well as podcasts. Podcasters. All right, Maxwell. So you seem to have another bout of deja vu when I informed you of what the podcast topic was. You don't know what predictive programming is? Or another bout of amnesia. <laughs> you don't know what predictive programming is? Uh, I'm guessing it's um, programmed by the rulers to the masses to. Yeah, I have no fucking idea. So basically, it's a form of social engineering and sort of mental acceptance. For example, when the masses are watching television programming, they might see people getting chipped or, or some kind of uh, transhumanism agenda or some kind of wh whatever agenda or social programming, social conditioning, social indoctrination social engineering that the powers that be want to institute in the masses, they supposedly, as this conspiracy theory goes, they either through subliminal programming or predictive programming, they kind of drop clues as to what should be accepted in the future in the forms of entertainment. For example, sci-fi movies or things of that nature where they want something to be accepted. Some people believe, especially there, there are even those uh, devout Christian fundamentalists who believe that there is some kind of uh, homosexual agenda where in, I think it was in the 90s, the media had a heavy gravitation towards displaying kind of any kind of gay characters increase tenfold from the previous decades as if they wanted to normalize it. Some people believe in... Agenda 21, the United Nations uh, alleged incentive to reduce the world's population. So they'd be doing that through different means, many different mind-shocking means, including as Alex Jones sometimes with, with his frog. Did you Do you remember his frog outburst about how they're turning their frogs gay and things like that? No. Nah. Oh, man, you're missing out. Do you know who Alex Jones is? Yes. Yes, <laughs> cool. <laughs> Are you a big Alex Jones fan? Uh, I haven't heard of him in like a few years. All right. So anyway, the point is predictive programming kind of sets the stage for how social, how certain social engineers or masters and controllers might want the world to be. So they leak these, uh, whatever they may be, they leak it 
Some people even think that uh, 9-11, we haven't done a dedicated podcast on that. I'm not sure if we will, due to its uh, highly controversial nature, <laughs> even though that's been requested. I mean, we're going to have to have some pat- some serious patrons uh, request that for us to do it. But, uh, yeah, some people believe there have been uh, predictions of 9-11, everything from old Simpsons episodes. The Simpsons is a favorite of occultists who believe that the Simpsons – kind of uh, foretold many world events, including Donald Trump running, uh, riding up that escalator <laughs> in a bid for presidency, and then that ended up happening. It was it's kind of creepy. And something, you know, 9-11 was a big one. When I first started researching that, the predictive programming, and it's, it's kind of, uh, the tie-in theory there is that if you believe in the cosmic consciousness and everybody's consciousness together is kind of crafting reality, whether it's holographic or not, then you'd have to have the masses all on the same page to affect reality. So if certain evil masters and controllers, the Illuminati, the New World Order, if you will, they if, if they want things to be a certain way, they kind of tap into the subconscious. Because when you watch television, you're in an alpha brainwave state. You are suggestive, especially when you're relaxed, especially when you're watching comedies. As opposed to alert, maybe trying to learn something when you're watching something educational or whatnot. But when you're watching a comedy, that's an easy way to tap into the subconscious. So if you're watching the tell-lie vision, the tell-lies vision programming, what are you being programmed with? Are lies being told to your vision? Mm, That's pretty interesting. So it's pretty much the sensitization to what the agenda is. Yes, it's kind of getting people comfortable. So when robots come out or when people, for example, the chip, if people getting chips impl- a chip implant, if everybody in movies and TV shows has it, that there's a certain normalcy that kind of invades your, your psyche. So when, let's say, 10 or 20 years later, you're going to think it's slightly more normal, at least, if not completely normal, if the media has programmed you to believe that it's socially acceptable. You know what's interesting with all these technologies is that these uh, entrepreneurs and business people in the tech industry, um, they really, they really, most of them, I think, I mean, all of them, uh, um, they don't really have the agenda of becoming part of the ruling class. They just, you know, care about products, good products and making life convenient. But it's just that uh, the technologies that they develop that make life better and easier for people are um, also great tools for rulers and evil uh, people to control the masses. So it's kind of like, um, this is how I see it. I mean, I think most entrepreneurs are like good people because I I would develop the same shit. Like if I was like, if I had all the resources, I would develop all kinds of shit like the chips, the robots, the fucking eye scan, the fucking, I want to make life easier. I want to walk into a fucking store and walk the fuck out without having to fucking, like, go through a car re- uh, cash register and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're, fucking waiting in line and shit. You're one, you're one lazy bastard, Maxwell. <laughs> I, I, I don't give a shit. Like, fucking, I, I just want fucking, like, I want to blink and make shit happen. Like, I want to I wanna fucking, like, like, fucking twitch my fucking pinky and have shit delivered and shit. You know what I'm saying? So, 
uh, what the fuck is my point with this? I don't know. You're Maxwell Powers. I, <laughs> I, I just, uh, I don't know. Well, that's basically the point. Like the tech, the tech industry really has no um, like ruling evil agenda and shit. Like they just fucking want to produce the best shit for for everybody, and the ruling class, the evil fucking Illuminati shit. Um, they manipulate or kind of like the the tech industry be, uh, leaders become pawns to them. So they kind of, they don't know that they're part of the fucking, like the tech leaders. They don't know that they're uh, somewhat being manipulated to fucking. How do you know like, that though? How do you know they didn't sell out? Well, I don't, I don't, this is just my fucking theory and shit. Like, I, well, like okay. whatever I say okay. is just my fucking opinion. Like, I don't know shit. I'm just like, I'm just kind of like going, you know. Going with what, how I see things, like how what I know about psychology and social, social psychology, that kind of shit, and okay. just my basic intuition. Not really, you know. I have okay. no research. And okay, practice. okay, go on. But that's about it. I don't know. Like, that's just my. Take okay, on so you whole. think you think they're completely not in it? So, for example, you think Zuckerberg? Okay, whether okay, here here's I, here, here's what I think. I think from the outset you might be correct. Most uh, most not all entrepreneurs. You have to find out who's been backed by the big money billionaires. But <laughs> the ones that started from nothing, you're probably right. They probably didn't have from the from the get go. They probably had good intentions. And of course the road to hell is paved with good intentions, but either way, they probably had good intentions and somewhere along the way, some kind of corruption happens, right? For example, do you, in the whole Facebook scandal, do you believe that Zuckerberg didn't know what the technology would be used for? I mean, maybe not day one, but at some point, I mean, isn't he relatively smart? I mean, I don't know. I would guess I, I personally, th I, I think, I think Mark Zuckerberg is a good dude. I know, like Alex Jones, like really, like you know, likes to quote him, like about what he said, like the dumb motherfuckers. Like supposedly he was quoted and had there's like video proof that my, Mark Zuckerberg said like these dumb motherfuckers, like meaning us, uh, gave we give like private details about us and we don't give a shit. And Mark Zuckerberg said, like, he, these dumb motherfuckers, like, talk, talking to us about him. But, um, I, I mean, I really, like, I mean, I've said the same shit about other people. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't really, like, mean it. Like, I, like, I don't give a shit fucking Mark Zuckerberg said uh, these dumb motherfuckers. Like, like, I don't know. I talk to my, my friends about that. Like, you know, you like, I don't know. It's just like talking smack. I mean, like everyone talks smack and shit. All right, all right. That's not my point. I don't, uh, yes, you're right. He could have been joking. We don't know the context. So I don't think, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah, but, but, um, that uh, goes both, that goes both ways. Oh, okay, okay. So, let me, let me ask you a question about like the fucking, uh, the privacy scandal things that we're talking about. Like fucking, like, um, he, not, like he not, go, if he knew. Not or... just, not just that. I'm like, let's go big picture. I think he was smart enough. Now, I might be wrong. Maybe maybe he's not that smart. But I would assume that in order to get to where he got to, he has to be at a certain level of intelligence to understand what the technology could be used for and not, like, for example, how if the government really wants to subpoena Facebook for whatever or if the government just flat out hacks into Facebook and gets any details they want on anybody. I mean, th there's a whole bunch of new information coming out on a lot of these new apps. Their sole purpose 
they they were actually contracted by either the CIA or some kind of government entity to create an app that scans your face. I for, uh, did you know about this? Uh, I some of I, these new, I, I, some I knew of, back then, but like yeah, some I of these know. new new apps they were specifically designed to get everybody's facial facial recognition features to implement the Big Brother cameras everywhere, which is another instance of predictive programming. If you're watching all these TV shows of the future where there's cameras everywhere, which there there were in the 60s, 70s, 80s, you had a lot of sci-fi, futuristic, dystopic movies, 1984, whatever, whatever, where the big brother in the future watches everything. So that's in the back of your brain a little bit. So as it's slowly happening, you're slightly more familiar with it. You're at least slightly less likely to be up in arms about it. Whereas if there was no predictive programming ever and all of a sudden a million cameras were rolled out, people would be like, whoa, 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 this is an invasion of privacy. This is weird. But the slow seep of predictive programming throughout the decades, is that a means to an end? But anyway, my point with the apps is some of the newer apps, they, they're, pretty, they're pretty obvious about it. And then like some of the DNA tests that you 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 do they want a sample of your dna they'll put it in a database obviously they say they won't but are you really going to trust these gigantic corporations in bed with government or at least but even if they're not even if they're good business if even if they're good companies that have no intention of handing over anything are you really going to bet that their servers are that secure that they can't be hacked by the US government or that certain politicians or lobbyists won't introduce new laws that enable them to access those databases on a whim so then they're going to have every single person's dna every single person's fingerprint you know with with phones where you use your fingerprint to unlock the phone i mean th that doesn't strike you i mean forget the government somebody else could hack into the phone or hack into the server that has your fingerprint on it everything's yeah, in the cloud yeah I, I trust uh i trust mostly the companies the private companies and uh but i don't trust the state the government and but why would you trust, they can pass, they but, can why would you trust the but how do you know the well, government for the, for the most part it's not like uh, i i think i think the companies i don't know they just I, I don't know what you mean like i trust that uh i mean they're willing to secure as much as they can but i but why do you even try do, why do I you do think it's possible that, that they're just gonna get no but how do you know, how do you know they weren't even how do you know they weren't funded at least in part or how do you know they're not offered tax breaks how do you know they're not going to be corrupted um uh i don't know that so why, would you trust, so why would you trust so why would you trust so i it's not like uh, i don't know if the trust is the right word like i I mean, I, I mean, I give like my, a lot of my information is on Facebook. I mean, I basically, you know, it's not like um, I don't know what the what the word is. It's not a it's a convenient uh, giving over privacy. Yeah. So some people that's an that's an interesting way to put it because a lot of people, especially in the conspiracy field right now, that's basically how they hoodwink everybody because. They basically, would the average individual give up their freedom for convenience? Because it seems like that's what's happening. Not just their privacy, but their freedom. It's just yes, I, I think I think it's a, it's a, I think it's a matter of convenience for me. Like I, like when Amazon first came out, like everyone was scared to put their fucking credit card on it or shit. Yeah, yeah I remember like, that. <laughs> I, I, everybody, I mean, every fucking body, like, I, you know me, like I fucking, I smacked my, sh like, I, I laid it down, like, right away 
Because yeah. I don't like I don't like inconvenience. I'm a I'm a very early adopter of technology. So like everything that comes out, I just take because I don't know. I'm a fucking idiot. Or or I'm just <laughs> a, an early adopter. I don't know what the fuck I am. <laughs> All right. Well, as long as you know what you're doing and you like, you seem to be aware of your sacrifice, whereas uh, a lot of the uh, random, the, the masses might not be thinking of it that way. But it's just, it's a little bit strange how trusting people are. I mean, whatever happened to, to, you know, trust like respect should be earned, right? You don't just randomly give away all of your info first and then say, wait a second. That that wasn't. I mean, you got to think about it first. The same way, you're not going to go to your neighbor's house and be like, "By the way, here's my birth certificate. Here's my social. You might not need it, but I trust you with it." Why would you do that? Like, it's it's, it's a little strange to me. But anyway, some of these new apps they were specifically rolled out for facial recognition, and on the unsuspecting masses, and e even in some of the fine print on some of these apps to use them. They actually have some very, very scary terms and conditions. If anybody out there wants to read them, it's uh, yes, it's it's quite mind shocking. But let me read this uh, blog post. Pretty interesting blog post by the coincidence theorist. This is on co the coincidencetheorist.com. Predictive programming, creepy media foreshadowing, or harmless coincidence. I know how you love those coincidences, uh, Maxwell. <laughs> Were we warned of events like 9-11, 7-7, and the sinking of the Titanic before they happened? The coincidence theorist investigates. The theory, what is predictive programming? Predictive programming, a theorized method of mass mind control, proposes that people are conditioned through works of fiction to accept planned future scenarios. Researcher Alan Watt defines this phenomenon as, quote, the power of suggestion using the media of fiction to create a desired outcome, end quote. Watt's work on this topic is excellent and should definitely be checked out. How would it work? Details of pre-planned societal changes are intentionally revealed to the masses through various forms of media. Propagandists use this type of foreshadowing as a means of preemptively minimizing resistance. Repeatedly exposing the public to the same specific themes should wear them down into a state of passive acceptance. By the time said changes start to manifest in reality, few will even think to question the developments, let alone rebel against them. Fiction is the vehicle used to deliver these predictions for an important reason. When most people watch a film, for example, they see it as a benign form of entertainment and nothing more. Therefore, as the viewer's guard is lowered, messages can bypass the normal critical thinking process and download directly into the subconscious like a virus. For predictive programming to work as a valid form of psychological conditioning, the following set of general rules and assumptions have to be made. One, a group of powerful people with a common agenda might be able to exert a special influence over the entertainment industry. And by the way, I think we talked about this before, the Illuminati symbolism that's over, that's all over music videos, movies. I mean, it, it all, it all amounts to how much of a coincidence one is willing to accept. I don't know. I think we discussed this previously. I don't remember what you said about it, Maxwell. Well, when it comes to like the arts and like the freaking Simpsons and shit, 
I think so, a lot of these artists are like kind of like they're kind of bored or they're kind of like just playing around. Like when they put in like fucking Illuminati symbols and shit. So they they know about like the conspiracy theorists, you know, around like the, so they they kind of put up stuff because I don't know, it's just just part of the work. So like, you think they just turn the clock? Well, okay, part of predicting programming is like, for, for example, 911 the 9/11 symbolism everywhere with either two towers or the actual time being 911 for a lot of movies as opposed to any other time. I mean, it seems like there's an unusual amount of clocks that are set to 9-11 in, in just so many movies and TV shows. And it's a little strange, don't you think? Or no? Um, it could be. It could be planned. I don't know. Like, fucking some Illuminati master fucking told the artist, you better make this 9-11 image on the fucking Simpsons for a half a second for some programming to, or some you shit. Want me, you, you want a mind track, Maxwell? Okay, this, this is going to be a huge mind track. So do you know... So, do you know who Aleister Crowley is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's, yes, yeah, so he's a, okay, there's a lot of conflicting information. Let's call him an occultist for now. Some people believe he's uh, a Satanist and he sacrificed humans and worshiped demons, which might be true. I don't, I don't know what he did. But, uh, yeah, so when I first learned about this, when I first looked at this extreme Illuminati symbolism and predictive programming many years ago, I thought it was all a coincidence. I, I was pulling a Maxwell. I was just like, oh, that's a coincidence. I mean, there's so many movies being made. It's a coincidence. And then, you know, for example, in, in The Dark Knight, you have the Sandy Hook reference on a map and to the shooting that's going to happen at Sandy Hook and, and all those things. I was like, okay, this is all a coincidence. And then I checked who the production designer was. Do you want to take a guess, Maxwell? No, who's, who's that? Ale oh, yeah. That, wait, wait. That, oh, shit. Alistair Crowley's grandson. So one of the biggest, most influential occultists who's his bloodline who intermingled with the most powerful of the elite of the world happens to be working on Hollywood movies and that happened to have the most symbolism. <laughs> well, I mean, well, that, let me ask you this. What, what, do we, what do we know about the grandson? I mean, what if he's like not a, he's like anti-grandfather or some shit? Well, we don't know anything. He's actually quite reclusive. Yeah, yeah, like I'd like to see what his what his nature is. Like, if he's anti grandfather, um, then and and he works as in a production company. Uh, I don't know. That's that's cool. Like, that's nothing wrong with that. But you know, but I guess uh, I don't know. I could be missing that information. That thing about Sandy Hook. I don't know. I gotta learn more about that. But yeah, I mean, it's all it's pretty scary stuff. I kind of stopped looking at it because. When you stack coincidences so high, I mean, I don't even really want to, it, it's, it's so dark how overt some of it is. Now, the reason behind it, like you said, it could be people screwing around, but uh, by the way, Nathan Crowley is his name. I'm going to switch over to one article real quick, just so people understand the nature of how deep this goes. IlluminatiWatcher.com had an article published by Isaac Weishaupt, I'm sure that's his real name, on January 17th, 2015. It's about the Illuminati and occult symbolism of Interstellar. In my opinion, one of the best films of 2014 was Christopher Nolan's Interstellar, 
While I enjoyed this film on multiple levels, and I've talked to several others who hated this film, there is a much more disturbing agenda lying just beneath the surface. This sci-fi film was loaded with occult symbolism that mostly went by unnoticed by the mainstream, but I'm hoping to shed some light on the hidden language that Nolan buried into the plot and visuals. Let's take a look. Christopher Nolan and Aleister Crowley reveal Illuminati agenda. Before we get into the film itself, let's cover the foundations of how this film was even created. The director, Christopher Nolan, appears to be revealing the Illuminati agenda incrementally through films such as Interstellar and the Dark Knight trilogy with the Aurora shooting conspiracies. For example, Sandy Hook identified as Target in Batman Dark Knight movie. Inception, with its plot of mind control and transcendence with occultist Johnny Depp's transhumanism agenda. Some of that stuff's really scary, especially for people uh, who read the Bible, because uh, especially Revelation. I mean, how many coincidences are you willing to accept? I know Maxwell's willing to accept probably infinite coincidence, but also, as a side note, there was also the all-seeing eye symbol on one of the movie posters for Interstellar. Interstellar has been compared to another sci-fi tale from 1884 called Flatland. We're going to have to go over that one on a, on a Flat Earth podcast, which is also considered one of the many coded tales warning about the impending push for totalitarianism, fascist rulers, or for the conspiracy-minded, the New World Order, the Illuminati seek to impose on us. So this sci-fi tale was 1884. I mean, not so recent. George Orwell's film Animal Farm was also considered one of those coded totalitarianism films. And you'll recall that I've explored it. It's funding by the CIA in my book, A Grand Unified Conspiracy Theory, The Illuminati, Ancient Aliens, and Pop Culture. I have not read that, but actually maybe his name really is Isaac Weishaupt. Huh. Very interesting. The Mockingbird Op funded the Hollywood film Animal Farm, which was based on George Orwell's book of the same name that was a warning about communism. Orwell also wrote 1984, coincidentally, Maxwell, Maxwell, Orwell's 1984 is set exactly 100 years from Flatland, written in 1884. Is that another coincidence, Maxwell? Yep. <laughs> okay. Orwell, wait, what, wait, what the, wait, wait, what, what the hell is Flatland? I just said what it was. Oh, it's it, like flat it was sci-fi. No, not exactly. It was a sci-fi story from 1884, which uh, foreshadowed totalitarianism. Uh, similar to George Orwell's 1984. Was it, was it, was it as popular as 1984 is in, when, when it first came out? I don't know. I would I would assume no. I mean, what's popular in, in 1884? I mean, that's so long ago. I mean, what what gets popular? You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't, I don't really know, but I don't know. Maybe like, well, books books get popular. So, like, I don't know who the popular authors are in 1884 and shit. All right. But... So here's here's the breakdown. It was written by Edwin A. Abbott in 1884, published by Seely and Company. It was actually, the genre is actually listed as mathematical fiction. <laughs> Flatland, a romance of many dimensions, is a satirical novella 
by the English schoolmaster Edwin Abbott Abbott. That's an interesting name. Would you have? Would you name your kid with the middle name as the same as your last name? <laughs> some people had it. Some had people, a choice. Some people would say that uh, there's a symbolism behind that as well. And Edwin Abbott Abbott also wrote Francis Bacon, an account of his life and works. And of course, Francis Bacon is really big in the occult. So he's also written some other uh, interesting things. But Flatland was his best known work, which describes a two-dimensional world and explores the nature of dimensions. It is often categorized as science fiction, though it could more precisely be called mathematical fiction. With the advent of modern science fiction from the 1950s to present day, Flatland has seen a revival in popularity, especially among science fiction and cyberpunk fans. Okay, so it seems to have... So science fiction got popular in the 50s, so this novel seemed to have uh, been repopularized then. So when it was first released in 84, in 1884, it might not have been the most, uh, the most popular. But let me see here. Critical reception, although Flatland was not ignored when it was published, it did not obtain a great success. In the entry on Edwin Abbott in the Dictionary of National Biography, Flatland is not even mentioned. So I guess that answers your question. It wasn't really that popular. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. Why did you ask that question? I wanted to see if, I mean, if it was like a freaking obscure fucking book and then someone dig it dug it out for a fucking this having the same date as 1984 well 100 years later george orwell 1984 was first published in 1949 but it, the title is 1984 100 years at coincidentally 100 years after flatland was published i don't know whatever but so it seems like it wasn't the most obscure of all time either but it was not, did not seem to be popular until the 50s when the sci-fi became more popular. Okay, so George Orwell also wrote 1984, which is the totalitarian warning novel about a dreary future of Big Brother government. Orwell was rumored to be a member of the British socialist group, the Fabian Society, along with Aldous Huxley, writer of Brave New World, which I personally thought was better than 1984. But... That is interesting. I actually did not know that detail. It says Orwell was rumored, so I wonder if that's confirmed. Very interesting. We do have to do podcasts on both Orwell and Aldous Huxley, who is, uh, was quite a thinker and is super controversial as well, because some of the things he said seem to be very anti-Illuminati, but others believe that he was controlled opposition <laughs> or part of predictive programming. Operation Mockingbird had its tentacles ensnared in various affairs throughout the world. Example, overthrowing foreign governments. And it would use Hollywood and the entertainment industry to manipulate the population in order to stay on track with the Illuminati agenda. Does that change anything for you, Maxwell? Because if the CIA or government agencies are funding some of these movies, either overtly or, or not or secretly... That would they could institute people like Nathan Crowley into these positions and say, you know, they could give the studio orders. I mean, they're they're backing it and they're the government. So this might not be as innocent as you claim, whereas some of these Hollywood people just happen to be devout conspiracy theorists who know all these details about conspiracy theories somehow. 
and then just put him in just to screw around. Well, I think I think I mean, like like if, if I don't know personally, I I would if I were like a writer, like I I would I would write things about conspiracies and stuff, and and I think if I were if I was in like the if I were in a Hollywood uh, system, I'm sure like some Illuminati dude is gonna approach me and like threaten my life if I, if I don't change the script a little bit to fit their needs. Um, I can see that happening. So. But I, I don't think um I don't think it's like a full Illuminati one hundred percent like you know this well, is I don't the think, way I don't think anybody thinks that I think it's just uh, okay. a little but bit but I think I think I think that's I I, I can see that happening like let's say like uh Interstellar was you know let's say the script goes through the system right and then uh someone likes it uh like uh, Nolan likes it so the Illuminati dude gets informed oh wait uh, Nolan Nolan really likes the script. And then the Illuminati dude's gonna go over there. Hey, Nolan, with a gun to his head, you gotta change this part, this part, and this part. And then Nolan says, "Okay, just don't kill my kids, don't don't cut my cock off, or whatever they have to do." And just I don't know. Yeah, I don't think that, I, I wouldn't guess they operate that way. Most people believe that these high-ranking Hollywood people are kind of just roped in. I don't. I don't really want to touch the Epstein thing, but uh, he was connected to a lot of people. Were they all part of some kind of satanic, devil worshipping ring involved in human trafficking? This is the stuff that used to get laughed at years ago when Alex Jones first said it, when David Icke said it. I mean, there even older conspiracy theorists. These were the theories that were just laughed at by so many people that high-ranking politicians or billionaires, millionaires could be involved in some of these rings and now it's all coming out public and it seems it's just it's so it's if it wasn't so sad and there were so many people suffering as a result of it it would almost be funny on how all these conspiracies that it seems like the harder people laugh at certain conspiracies the uh the more obvious those conspiracies are when they come out in the open yeah, yeah. christopher nolan actually wrote interstellar so I'm not sure at which moment he, if he's in on it, if he's part of their club, then he would have wrote it, you know, they would have kind of been like, just make sure you work this into the script instead of putting a gun to his head and saying, change this, this, and this. Yeah, okay. So, okay, back to this. So does this indicate that Nolan is toying with Illuminati plot lines and references? In an interview with Wired, Christopher Nolan dropped this reference to Flatland. I explained that her dialogue is about analogy. It's about perspective. It all comes back to Flatland, I think. If you're a two-dimensional being, you can't see two dimensionals. You can see one. If you're three-dimensional, you can observe that second dimension. To me, time is like that. We can't see it. I believe that he might be alluding to the idea that we can be subjected to a control system without being able to observe it. Kind of like we're not in a high enough vantage point to see the agenda, unlike those at the top of the pyramid. Nolan was interviewed by Entertainment Weekly in regards to his influences, namely Kubrick, <laughs> who's connected to a lot of uh, conspiracy topics, and he cited the following for inspiration for Interstellar. Asked if he was looking at 2001 anew as he prepares to shoot Interstellar, Nolan says... I think any time you look at science fiction in movies, 
there are key touchstones. Metropolis, Blade Runner, 2001. Whenever you're talking about getting off the planet, 2001 is somewhat unavoidable. But there is only one 2001, so you don't want to get too near to that. I find it interesting that he cites Metropolis as well, because that is one of the first films to push occult symbolism, as we explored in my hip-hop conspiracy book, Sacrifice Magic Behind the Mic. He's really plugging a lot of his stuff here, but have you seen Metropolis, by the way? No. It is so creepy, I don't even want to watch it. I've seen clips from it. The themes that Metropolis goes over is, is really, really, really scary. I mean, they got robots, they got, it's, it's, it came out in 1927. You know what's weird with me is, like, I, I actually look forward to robots. Like, I mean, I, I do have that, a little bit of fear, that Terminator scenario, uh, the Illuminati scenario, I don't know, that kind of shit. But, um, I mean, you know, it's possible that robots will kill us and make us extinct, but, and AI takes over. But, um... I look forward to having robots and shit do all kinds of shit. <laughs> okay, so this article goes on. Other films and music videos glorify transhumanism by showing the superiority of these augmented humans over their traditional counterparts. The first full-length sci-fi film was called Metropolis, and this 1927 silent film featured a dystopia with elites living it up, while the commoners suffered grueling conditions in order to provide energy to the rich. So is this also sort of like the Matrix, where humans are batteries? The main character tries to reconcile the disparity of wealth between the two by joining forces with one of the commoners, only to find out that she is actually a robot covered in skin. During this film, you see symbolism of the Whore of Babylon, the Tower of Babylon, and one of the machines the people toil to keep going is called the Moloch machine. Moloch referred to the ancient horned god deity. And, and this is also quite big in Illuminati and Satanism. Do you think that's all a coincidence, Maxwell? Yeah. <laughs> this seems to imply the film was produced by people who followed the occult belief system and financed by similar folks. It was the highest budget ever for a film at that time. Even Nazi propaganda minister Dr. Joseph Goebbels was captivated by the film, and we all know how dearly the Nazis held the occult belief system of theosophy. Fast forward to modern pop music and you'll see performers like Beyonce and Lady Gaga dressing up in garb to emulate the robotic character named Fake Maria from the Metropolis film. Fake Maria manipulated the city and drove the men wild with lust for her to the point that they would abandon their own children to pursue her. Similar to Nazi Joseph Goebbels, the music industry has taken a particular fondness to the film and the fake Maria robotic character. The Queen song Radio Gaga had a music video that featured scenes from Metropolis, and this makes me wonder if it bears any influence on Stefani Germanata's Lady Gaga character. Lady Gaga also referenced Metropolis and Fake Maria in her videos for Alejandro, Born This Way, and Applause. Whitney Houston's Queen of the Night video had clips of Metropolis, and she wore 
the fake Maria costume and sang lyrics about driving men crazy with her sexiness, while Kylie Minogue also paid homage to the character in her concert series from the 2000s. So they're all dressed like this robot from Metropolis. Kind of weird. All a coincidence, right, Maxwell? Yeah. <laughs> in that book, right after those thoughts on Metropolis, I go into great detail on a cultist magician Alistair Crowley's influence on all of this and the entertainment industry. Is it any coincidence we see one of Alistair Crowley's relatives employed by Nolan as the production designer on the sets of the Dark Knight trilogy and Interstellar? Nathan Crowley was featured in the art newspaper's article on a display of Egyptian symbolism found in a superhero exhibit at the Met. Nathan Crowley is not only the production designer of Batman Begins and Dark Knight, but as revealed to Flotsam, he has his own supervillain heritage. Yes, infamous UK occultist Alistair Crowley is a direct relative. He's my grandfather's cousin, but we were never allowed to even mention his name because we were a very Quaker family. Some argue that Nathan Crowley knew about the theater shootings in Aurora, Colorado, and Sandy Hook, which is why we saw both of these names in Dark Knight Rises. All a coincidence, right, Maxwell? Yeah. <laughs> we also see actor Matthew McConaughey playing the lead role in Interstellar, an interesting choice because he was in the HBO series True Detective, a show I also exposed in Illuminati symbolism in HBO's True Detective for its ties to Crowley and the Illuminati. Absolutely reminiscent of Aleister Crowley and all of the sex magic stuff we see going on in the entertainment industry. It also supports the theory that the Illuminati and the occult are underground doing rituals with children and drinking blood. The whole deal with the feces and urine are signs of magic because they are used to entice and draw in the evil spirits as well. Saturn and alchemy symbolism. At this point, I should warn the reader that there will be some spoiler alerts in this article. In the film, we find there is a wormhole used as a shortcut to get from our solar system into another. This is the key plot of the film finding another world to live on since Earth is no longer sustainable. Before the ending of the film and the big reveal, we are led to believe that aliens place this wormhole for humanity as a way of helping us out. Regulars to IlluminatiWatcher.com should appreciate that this wormhole was placed by the planet Saturn. And of course, Saturn is believed to be Satan by some. Saturn, Satan. This is a planet I've covered as the thread that connects several conspiracies on the Illuminati and the occult. In the comprehensive post on decoding Illuminati symbolism, Saturn and the Black Cube, I go into great detail on this multifaceted symbol, including the three-dimensional cube, which appears as a way of demonstrating the Tesseract we see at the end of the film, a multidimensional cube. The tetractus, or tetrad, is the triangular shape composed of ten points, which was a secret mystical symbol to Pythagoras. It appeared in various forms, one of which is arguably the Kabbalah. The ten sephirots of the Kabbalah correspond to the ten points of the tetractus. If you take seven of the ten points to form a cube, you are left with three dots that represent the ethereal, invisible nature of the world, while the seven of the cube represent the material, the three-dimensional world. Hollywood has been pushing the agenda of aliens coming from Saturn with other films, like Superman, Man of Steel as well. 
And some people believe the ultimate predictive programming is actually aliens. We talked about this before with Project Bluebeam and Revelation and the Great Deception. If the grand deception, the great deception, if the final plan to roll in New World Order by the Illuminati is to stage a fake alien invasion, does that explain why aliens are some of the most prevalent themes in fiction in the past century? It's possible. I mean, you even have shows on the History Channel, because I remember way back when, the History Channel was viewed as legit. When Ancient Aliens first came out on the History Channel, a lot of people complained because they're like, what is this? The History Channel is supposed to be legit. And now they're kind of pushing aliens as well, the existence of aliens, all these things. It's kind of strange. You don't find any of that strange? No. <laughs> you don't find anything about anything strange. <laughs> An alien could walk up to you and you'd be like, eh, that's not strange. <laughs> The reason the aliens placed the wormhole near Saturn was supposedly a reference to Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey, which had a monolith stone near the moons of Saturn that transported the astronaut to another dimension. I've got an entire symbolism analysis on 2001 A Space Odyssey in the book called Kubrick's Code. Ancient Aliens in this film, we saw the idea of becoming gods and expanding out to the universe, which is one of the key tenets of the occult. They believe the aliens seeded us, and the ultimate way of pleasing these alien gods is to reach out to space and show them that we've reached their status of high-level intelligent beings capable of traversing the universe. This theme was also explored in Prometheus, where we saw ancient astronaut theories showing how mankind was created by the aliens and the unfortunate consequences of finding these entities. More on Kubrick and the fake moon landings. I wonder what this guy's take is on Flat Earth, because if, uh, if Flat Earth is a true conspiracy, where does that put all of this stuff? The most high-profile conspiracy theory about this film was the fact that they discuss the faked moon landings conspiracy theory. In the film, they rewrote the textbooks and claimed that we faked the lunar landings in order to bankrupt the Soviet Union during the Cold War. The film alleges that this is done in order to teach kids about life on Earth rather than worrying about space. Did Nolan know something about the faked moon landings? Was he privy to the same secrets that Kubrick knew who allegedly filmed the fake moon landing videos? As discussed earlier, there are comparisons drawn to Kubrick's 2001 that include the iconic monolith. In Interstellar, there are helper robot entities named TARS and Case. When you look at these two robots, you'll easily see they are a play on the 2001 monolith. As a side note, the voice of the robots was done by Bill Irwin, who also starred in a 1998 film called Illuminata. That's a coincidence as well, right, Maxwell? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I wonder what your threshold is where it moves from coincidence to not coincidence, because you don't seem to have one. You think everything about everything is a coincidence. Mm, I don't know. I gotta figure that out. <laughs> These monolith stones help save humanity when they sacrifice themselves into the black hole that allows them to send back relevant data needed to solve the formula for overcoming gravity. The monolith stones do this around the planet Saturn, which is drawing yet another reason to believe Saturn is what is ultimately being worshipped here. MK Ultra Mind Control. Like all Illuminati symbolism films, we see aspects of MK Ultra Mind Control. In Interstellar, we hear complex discussions on life in the fifth dimension. 
of which I'm not even going to attempt to explain. Nolan uses complex theories behind science and physics like we saw in Inception as well, which was a film that showed us the exploration of mind control through the hacking of the human mind. Nolan employed the theories of astrophysicist Kip Thorne to derive the actual science for Interstellar, but it should also be noted that he heavily used the artwork of M.C. Escher here, as well as an inception with the use of Penrose Steps. In an interview with the Daily Beast, Nolan said the following, I'm very inspired by the prints of M.C. Escher. The reason I am mentioning this is because M.C. Escher concepts are used for mind control techniques. As pointed out by Fritz Springmeier in his book, The Illuminati Formula to Create an Undetectable Total Mind Control Slave. Is that the kind of book you want to read, Maxwell? What's the title again? The Illuminati Formula to Create an Undetectable Total Mind Control Slave. I like that. If the child has artistic brainwaves, then the programmer will use artwork in programming. The artwork of the European artist M.C. Escher is exceptionally well-suited for programming purposes. For instance, in his 1947 drawing Another World, the rear plane in the center serves as a wall in relation to the horizon, a floor in connection with the view through the top opening, and a ceiling in regards to the view up towards the starry sky. Reversals, mirror images, illusion, and many other qualities appear in Escher's artwork, which make all 76 or more of his major works excellent for programming. Man Becomes God, the Final Illuminati Agenda. By the end of the film, we learn that a higher power really didn't place the wormhole near Saturn, but rather humans from the future. This implies that man found salvation through mankind and not aliens or God. This is a key concept for occult practitioners because they believe that man is the new god, which ties us again into Crowley and Saturn. The beast, Aleister Crowley, left a heritage of Thelema followers, and one of them was the Brotherhood of Saturn. This magical order was similar to the other occult groups, whether it be New Age, Freemasonry, or Thelema. They all revolve around the idea of mastery of occult knowledge, Axioms like as above, so below, which emphasize the duality aspects of man and world in order to advance and evolve oneself in a series of steps and rituals. The Brotherhood of Saturn incorporates 33 steps to achieve the full spectrum of enlightenment, similar to the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry, which also incorporates 33 degrees. The end of the path for a member of the Brotherhood of Saturn is self-deification an important concept in Thelema and seen in the realm of music with musicians making themselves godlike. Kanye with Jesus, Jay-Z, Hova, Beyonce, Beezus. Huh. Have you researched numerology at all, Maxwell? Oh, no, I just ran into some dude who did the, who did the numerology. So you don't find it's the 33 degrees... You don't find that coincidental? I mean, you don't find any of that coincidental? Um, I find most things coincidental. What if none of them are coincidental? Then is your, is your assumption that they're coincidental just born out of ignorance because you don't have enough information to see the connection, so you just, your cognitive dissonance forces you to believe that it's coincidental? Um, I don't know. <laughs> 
Interstellar also uses the same spiral we saw in True Detective, which is a symbol of the Black Sun, or the Black Cube, a.k.a. Saturn worship. The spiral is occult symbolism for the Black Sun, as seen on the Nazi castle called Wewelsburg. The Black Sun and spiral are occult symbols with various meanings, one of which is the evolution of the soul from the three-dimensional material world to the ethereal spirit world, which supports the Saturn worship stuff that David Icke talks about. The reptilian shapeshifters locked us into this three-dimensional physical world as a trap, which is oddly similar to teachings in Christianity. The spiral is featured on the interstellar movie poster to represent the black hole or wormhole. The black sun is found to represent the alchemical and occult belief in man becoming God. The great work is the journey to be godlike and make something out of nothing. It is initiated with the first step being the alchemical black sun. The black sun is the first stage in the achievement of enlightenment or immortality, which is accomplished through the philosopher's stone. The philosopher's stone is known for making lead into gold and the planetary association of Saturn to metal is lead. The planetary association with the sun is gold, so turning Saturn into the sun is the alchemical process of the Philosopher's Stone based on metal transformation. When Cooper traverses the Tesseract, he becomes enlightened through the great work similar to Commander Bowman from 2001, a space odyssey who becomes the Star Child. In conclusion, it appears that Interstellar is yet another one of the films that seeks to predictively program the idea that mankind can reach a godlike status on their own, or basically the New Age and Age of Aquarius. Advances in technology are viewed as man becoming the god of their own universe through their own discoveries and invention. On the surface, it seems like the plot of this film is not that nefarious, but I believe the symbolism of Saturn, the monolith, and the alchemical great work all contribute to the idea that this is in fact a film of Illuminati significance. Alright, let's go back to the coincidence theorist. So, that was... For predictive programming to work as a valid form of psychological conditioning, the following set of general rules and assumptions have to be made. One, a group of powerful people with common agenda might be able to exert a special influence over the entertainment industry. So we just went over various aspects of the entertainment industry. Okay, two, people are less likely to resist societal developments that they're already been familiarized with. Three, the messages planted within fiction can vary in terms of their subtlety ranging from subliminal clues to important plot points. Four, although predictive programming prepares people for large social change, specific events can also be foreshadowed. Five, the exact context of the predictions and the subsequent reactions of the characters within the story aren't strictly important. This last assumption in particular has garnered much criticism. After all, it seems reasonable to assume that if a protagonist was shown rebelling against a future dystopia, the viewer would emulate the protagonist's behavior and rebel against it too. Encouraging resistance and rebellion would of course defeat the point of predictive programming. However, it could be argued that this line of thinking is giving the general public too much credit. For example, in Orwell's 1984, he couldn't have painted a more chilling version of the Big Brother surveillance state. He warned us of an impeding totalitarian nightmare where people were watched and monitored during every waking and sleeping moment. He also depicted the protagonist, Winston, going to great lengths to subvert the control system he found himself trapped in. Yet here we are in an undeniably creepy 2015, and any meaningful resistance seems to be strangely absent. 
We might occasionally mutter, this is bloody Orwellian, when surveillance measures are increased, but before you know it, we're back in front of our smart TVs, playing with our smartphones, and fiddling with our smart meters. Actually, Maxwell, I remember back years ago, actually, I think you said Alex Jones said this, that superhero movies in general promote passivity. Because oh yeah, I remember mentioning that. I mean, I I forgot whose analysis that was. It might I think it was Alex Jones. Jones. I think you said it was Alex Jones. Yeah, it was a pretty pretty interesting analysis. You want to sum it up, summarize it? I I don't really remember, but that was the basic thesis. What a shocker! Like <laughs> that was the basic thesis. Like the the superhero, like like there's so much chaos in the movie, and then there's this superhero that can handle everything, and I don't know. I guess subconsciously we uh hope for that too so when there's chaos in society we just hope for the hero to come out i don't know that could be the whole thesis yeah it's it's pretty strange uh also i've noticed uh i mean especially in recent years the uh the symbolism in the recent in the past couple years they've increased superhero movie production quite a bit i mean it used to be that there'd be a marvel movie only once every so often now there's multiple movies coming out at the same time there's yeah, but like, like, I don't know. I mean, again, it's like a convenient thing for the Illuminati to fund or to kind of steer. But I think the whole comic Marvel industry that started 50 years ago by that dude or some other dude, I actually get the two uh, mixed up, the Marvel and what was the other one? Isn't there like two major comics? Oh, for DC, people. DC and Marvel, Marvel yeah. yeah. Yeah, DC and Marvel. Like, I get those mixed up. But uh, as far as the characters and stuff. But, like, like they started, like, a long time ago. It's not like, uh, I mean, I don't know. I could be wrong. There's maybe a lot Illuminati. of... Uh, maybe the Illuminati trained those two guys to become yeah, there's, comic there's a models. Of and yeah, there's, there's a lot of conspiracy theories about the origin of comics and specifically Marvel, DC, and, and all those as well. I haven't intimately studied them, but there are people out there that have presented interesting cases. And end with Dis- but, 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 Disney. I mean, if, if that's even, like, if that's true, I mean, I give credit to fucking, the, like, if everything's true about, like, <laughs> that was, like, the beginning of, like, like it was it was started really back then about the whole agenda and the whole Some Illuminati people think it started in ancient like, Sumeria or ancient well, Babylon, are, actually, well, where well, they're I mean, building the Tower of Babel that was to become gods. That uh, allegedly it started way back then. I don't know. I mean, if if it's if it really is Illuminati driven and and it's like everything has been planned all the way from back then, all the way to the DC comics in the nineteen fifties, all the way to now, then like they're doing a pretty good job, and they probably deserve to rule and shit. <laughs> wow, that's dark, Maxwell. So you think? I mean, like, I mean, I mean it's people... not. A, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of kidding, but I'm, I'm just kind of giving so much credit because they work Some so people... hard. Well, some people who analyzed the uh, the Third Reich, they said that the Nazis were very meticulous in their planning, execution. They dotted every I, crossed every T. That doesn't mean they deserve to win just because they're good planners. Yeah, but I mean, for the most part, I'm leaning towards more like um, like the the original the originals of the origins of like the comic books. They come from just creative minds of by people who just like comics and shit, and they created these characters and then. Uh, the Illuminati, the, the, no, wait, hold on. The Illuminati group kind of saw it like, oh, this is kind of cool, like, you know, and then they started manipulating people inside the industry and 
Yeah. I mean, that's how I see it. I mean, I don't know. I could be wrong. Some, it could be completely planned and well, everyone some, was born by the Illuminati. I don't know. You're, 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 shit. you're in a black and white fallacy. The truth might be something else entirely. What if they were all mind controlled into having those creative visions so they didn't they didn't know that they were working for the illuminati they just they were mind controlled into becoming creative and the illuminati were like the, they're the string pullers that enabled certain people to fund them or enabled them to get hired and publish this publish that through their sphere of influence so it's kind of like they were they they mind controlled these people and then pulled the strings after the fact to get them into the positions. So it was neither they were born into it, or there it was all innocent. It could have been something in the middle. Yeah, whatever. I mean, us I'll consume it anyway. So we all consume their shit. So I'm not really into superhero movies, actually. Uh, yeah, I'm actually like a little bit like I'm not uh, I'm not into it as much anymore. Like I got it. Like when I when they started when they first started coming out because they it was, like you grew up with that stuff so it's like oh man i can watch this as an adult and like i can relive kind of like part of my childhood and you know what i mean <laughs> like but but it's becoming old and shit i don't really remember watching any of the new superhero movies i mean i watched superhero movies in the 80s and 90s that's about it i don't think i don't think i ever got excited for any of the new ones it's just they were just so over the top. I don't know. I just never, never wanted to see them. But anyway, what would be the point? Reducing resistance and skepticism by familiarization. From the perspective of a controller or social engineer, predictive programming would be invaluable. You could prepare a population for future social or technological transitions by gently washing notions over them as opposed to suddenly hitting them with seemingly radical and unfamiliar measures. Concepts that may have originally seemed outlandish or drastic start to become accepted as distant possibilities in the minds of the public. Eventually, as people are continuously bombarded with the same familiar themes, these distant possibilities start transforming into likely possibilities and even acceptable outcomes. Zombie fiction is perhaps an, an extreme example of this. Just imagine how many people have secretly conjured contingency plans for zombie apocalypse type scenarios, <laughs> preppers, <laughs> despite only ever seeing these events occurring within the realms of fantasy. That's interesting. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Perhaps dystopian fiction isn't designed to warn the masses of a nightmarish future at all, but it is instead meant to hammer home a sense of inevitability regarding these bleak outcomes. Man, that's really, really dark. If even the most courageous fictional heroes fail to avoid such a miserable existence, what chance do we have? This effect could be likened to a large-scale version of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Tell people enough times that they're destined to live as microchipped serfs under a one-world government, and eventually their own beliefs and behavior might start to reflect this hopeless prophecy. Once these cynical expectations of the future have been firmly established, a disillusioned population will not be surprised when these depressing predictions start to come true. How dark is that, Maxwell? I missed the last part. I think you missed the whole part. <laughs> That the last part was just basically going over self-fulfilling prophecy. It's kind of just if you if people see enough of the dystopian setup in their own brains, is it going to become an inevitable outcome, and they're going to act accordingly, which is going to bring about the outcome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Control of the imagination. Consider what could be achieved if the fiction you create becomes a precursor to fact. Since your brand of fiction can manipulate a population's perception of what is likely to happen, you have essentially gained control of their imagination. When control of the imagination has been achieved, you can set the boundaries of what is possible and when, thus allowing you to map out the fate of an entire people. Here's an experiment to try for yourself. Envision society 200 years from now. Imagine it any way you want and make it as fantastical as possible. Go on, be inventive. Okay, let's see. Does your idea of the future include space travel, aliens, artificial intelligence, robots, cyborgs, hover cars, self-tying laces? Only when you stop to ponder this for yourself do you realize that your imagination has been severely limited by the science fiction you've been exposed to. This is actually an interesting philosophical topic. Can you ever have an original idea? Because are all your ideas simply combinations of existing ideas that, from things that you've seen? You ever think about that, Maxwell? This mind chat. Um, say that one more time. Ah, wake up, Maxwell. Original idea. Is it possible to have original ideas, or are all your ideas simply combinations of existing ideas that you've already been exposed to? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Like, for example, try to think of an absolutely new color. Can you think of a color that's not a combination of the colors you already know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very... Yeah, I, get, I get that. I get that. I mean, a lot of our ideas come from fiction and, you know, like, and, you know, a lot of these entrepreneurs, too, they don't realize that a lot of their ideas come from fiction and stuff. Obligation. The reasoning behind predictive programming may not even be entirely practical. Some have suggested that like a stereotypical villain revealing his master plan to the protagonist, the social engineers feel obligated to disclose their intentions to the population before they act. Many have speculated on the potential reasons for this, but I won't delve into that here. Well, I'm going to delve into this because... This is mind shock, and we need to delve into that. So, some people ask, why would they leave these types of calling cards or even leave all of this occult symbolism? So, what's interesting, when you're talking about these types of people, and again, the common man might find it very difficult, like anybody, when you're first exposed. What was your first reaction to the Illuminati theory? You probably thought it was nonsense, right? Um, I would say the... Hmm. I would say the first exposure was that that really famous documentary. Um, it had a lot of criticism. Uh, it starts with it sounds like theater. It sounds like a def it was pretty simple. You know what it was? I don't know what you're talking about. Um, the uh, the real or some shit like that. I don't know. It was some documentary someone sent me. How would I, I know? That. How would I know what somebody sent you? Uh, I I think because I sent it to you and we talked about it. I think. Okay, well, what, it was, was it, what was it about? Uh, pretty much the whole, um, the whole. It was kind of like a, an alternative history, and then like, and gave solutions at the end, <laughs> but it, but it exposed like some of the Illuminati was it agenda. Called, was it called spirit science? No, it was pretty simple. And they talked about the freaking, uh, um, what do you call that? That Tesla fucking. Technology with the fucking free energy, yeah, that kind of shit. What what do you, the hex the what do you call that fucking the symbol with fucking 
I don't know. I, I mean, I have no idea what you're talking about. You're asking me what do you call the faded, the, the, the faded, the fear, the Maxwell. I'm thinking of something. What do you call it? Tell me. What do you call it? What am I thinking of? <laughs> like, how would I know uh, what you're thinking faith, of? Maxwell? Faith, the faith, the far, the the far away, the the rave, the it's pretty simple. I don't know. It's a short word. I have no idea what you're talking about, Maxwell. But anyway, so. When I first, I don't know, I don't even remember how I first learned of it. I think, I think I saw some 9-11 stuff way back when, but before that, actually, no, before that, before that, I've, I had seen some stuff with the symbolism on the back of the dollar bill and things like that. I guess I chalked it up to coincidence. Oh, it was Thrive. It was Thrive. Yeah, I've never seen that. It's pretty good. I mean, I don't know why, like a lot of these conspiracy theorists, they kind of like smashed it. I don't know why. It was kind of like a good intro. Some people think like, a lot of them are controlled opposition. Yeah, controlled opposition and all kinds of shit. Like, I don't know. It's just weird. Like, people are like really deep into the conspiracies. Like, everything else is like fucking programming, uh, fucking controlled opposition, that kind of shit. Like, I don't know. But Thrive was like a good intro because like after that, I just look up all kinds of feed, like in my feed, Facebook feed and YouTube feed, but it just kept going and I went in deep for like three to four months. So, <laughs> Down the rabbit hole you went. I mean, that, that, shit, that shit was depressing as hell. Like, because cause eventually you get to like child trafficking and, and like sacrificing shit. That, that's, that's, that's the one that really, I think that just, it just depressed me so much that I just left the whole, I was satisfied with what I found out. Like I, I was, I was fine with it. <laughs> like yeah, I guess. Uh, it's, like for me, it's time to move on and just live my life. That kind of thing. Yeah, I was in a similar boat. I guess there's, there's even, even Epstein. I don't really want to touch it because it's so dark and depraved. And uh, I guess the only benefit of it coming out more now is that uh, the cognitive dissonant masses. I mean, it, it's, it's kind of a repeat cycle. Every time major conspiracies are proven true. It just, it's back to that whole, it's back around the merry-go-round of, oh, well, they're crazy conspiracy theorists on the new conspiracy. It's like, nobody's learned from history. <laughs> but, yeah, actually. Oh, anyway, anyway, before I forget, um, like, I just thought about when you were talking before, um, like, like, privacy issues and stuff. Like, I would give, like, my medical history, like, as far as, like, let's say, um, like, let's say if I have a dental implant, like, I'll tell everyone about it because if I get into an accident and I'm, and I'm unconscious and they're going to put me in a, my, into an MRI and my fucking implant goes through my brain because they, they put me in a fucking MRI, like, you know, <laughs> um, you know, I would like them for, I would like for them to know that or everyone that comes in contact with me. So like, I like, you know, I would be chipped. You know, with all my med medical condition and, and the history. Not just, why not just have a card in your wallet? Um, because it, the wallet might come off me when I get into a car accident or some shit or I get burnt half and shit or like my fucking, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like, it could be that too, but that's also privacy too. Like, that's, it could be my wallet. That's fine. Generally, if they're going to save your life with something, why would they be putting you through it? Yeah, but, but also, also, also like, like, fuck the chip. I mean, like, you can fucking like like scan my eyes and shit but if i burn my eyes off and now that i'm yeah but if you're up. in a car accident why would they be putting you through an mri i mean if you need emergency surgery they roll you into surgery and they repair what they need to i mean look, well, look, I, don't, look. I don't i don't know i mean, i don't know how these medical procedures go i mean like 
Well, maybe I maybe you should like, do a little bit of re- maybe you should do a little bit of reading. Yeah, but for whatever reason, like I want, I was just trying to give an example. It's irrelevant. I mean, I want I want fucking hospitals to know my history when I get there. Like I this like doesn't have to be my fucking dental implant and a fucking MRI and shit. Like I was just making an example. Like it doesn't have to be you know an MRI fucking researched. You know, I'm just saying like the principle of the privacy. I'm willing to give out. That's fine. And I'm not, I'm not that fucking important. Like, someone's going to fucking, like, I don't know. I guess if I'm a billionaire, like, someone fucking, ch- like, wants to scam me and shit out of my, you know. Like, I don't know how they're going to scam me with my medical information. But I guess if you're a scammer, like, you what can figure medical- shit out. We weren't even talking about medical information. That's probably the least relevant of this whole. Who cares about medical information? I mean, we're talking about. Well, we were talking about, like, like privacy issues and shit. Like, like that has nothing people, to do are, people are paranoid. I don't think anybody cares about medical information. I mean, people care about well, having okay. their, their identity stolen. People care about people already give their medical. Well, that is that is identity. That is it. Like, like not exactly. We're talking like you can't open up a bank account like, with somebody's medical with with because you have a heart condition. I'm gonna go open up a bank account in your name because I know you have a heart condition. Yeah, but yeah, but like, isn't like my identity is part of my fucking medical history and shit like yeah but not... the identity yes but we're talking about the identity itself not not everything attached to it so if you're giving your identity info who cares if the medical is attached to it or not that's completely irrelevant because if they have all your info who cares if there's all i i, I don't know i kind of see this whole thing as like the whole information about the person i don't really like it's kind of like uh you know like whether it's financial or fucking social security fucking government uh issued like if they have to me to me to me it's like one to me is information personal and and personal information is personal information it's not like and privacy is privacy like i think you're missing the whole point though nobody cares about personal i mean okay maybe some people care about things like medical history and personal info that has that's not related to anything major but if they have your blood like let's say you're in the system they have your blood type, they have your fingerprint. What if there's a false positive to a crime and then they pin it on you because they hacked your info and got your stuff? Like, who cares about medical history? Like, that has nothing to do with medical history. Like, that's completely not relevant to any of the main concerns of all of this. Like, or if they have your facial, they have your face scan. And so let's say somebody reports you for a crime you didn't commit. And now all of a sudden it's born identity and they have your face everywhere and they're tracking you down. And now they've infringed on all your rights off of something that's not even true. Or there's like a technical glitch and somebody else who's wanted comes up with your face because you're both in the system and you never even allowed your face to be in the system. But now it's in the system and there's some kind of glitch. And now you're getting like, you know, SWAT team arrested in public like you don't need that. Who cares about your medical and medical history? That's completely not relevant to any of this. Well, I don't think anyone, like, I don't think that many people, like, give a fuck about their privacy, to tell the truth. I mean, like, no one, no one really, like, gives a shit. Is that because of predictive programming, Maxwell? It's, it's possible, but it's more like, it's more like laziness and inconvenience. Yes, yes, of course, we already went over that. Let's go back to the, to what I was talking about. He's saying he's not, so, the coincidence theorist is not going into the reason why they're going to disclose their intentions. I was going into it. So 
Similarly to how serial killers leave their calling cards, serial killers call the police and taunt them. They'd have a greater chance of getting away if they didn't do that. A lot of times they get caught because they're pulling stunts like that. So, but it's a game that psychopathic people play. So if you're a psychopathic Illuminati member who thinks you're a god and you're entitled to rule humanity, you might not be, you might be um, compelled to kind of rub it in humanity's face. Or like, you know, in certain sports where people start showboating early, like they've decreased their chances of winning because they're dominated by ego or they want to show off or whatever. That's not really that hard to believe. The other part is even darker, which it's more of a demonic occult reason, kind of like a vampire needs to ask permission to go into your house. So some people believe that there's certain laws of good and evil, universal laws of the occult, where evil must have your permission, even if it's not explicit. So if they, if they through symbolism, kind of show what they're going to do, and you kind of go along with it, even if you don't explicitly understand, it's a requirement that the laws of the universe require for evil to facilitate whatever it's doing. Does that make sense? Yeah, that would make a, a good concept for a movie. Like, <laughs> uh, do you know what I mean? Like, no one's ever done that. Like, that would be pretty cool to... Because I know they do it in, like, like I've seen, I've vampire seen movies that, and shit. I've but. seen that done in certain demonic movies as well. Even Satan, like, if you if you sell your soul willingly, you could have whatever you want. It's like you have to make a, you know, making a deal with the devil. I mean, there's certain instances where, I mean, it's sort of touched upon. I guess it hasn't been done on large scale, exactly like I just said, but... All right, let's keep going. Some examples of how predictive programming might work. Preparing the audience for significant events and disasters. In the 1998 blockbuster The Siege, New York is attacked by terrorists and is subsequently locked into a state of martial law. Could this have prepared viewers for the World Trade Center attacks and the controversial legislation that followed, such as the Patriot Act, the President's Surveillance Program, and the creation of the U.S. Department of Homeland Security? In the pilot episode of The Lone Gunman, an X-Files spinoff that aired on Fox six months before 9-11, the plot featured the theme of hijacked planes attempting to crash into the World Trade Center. This episode even revealed that the hijacking was perpetrated by the U.S. government as part of an elaborate conspiracy. Do you remember this, Maxwell? Um, can you say that again? <sighs> In the pilot episode of The Lone Gunman, an X-Files spinoff. Are you familiar with the show, The X-Files, Maxwell? Yeah, I love The X-Files. Okay, have you ever watched The Lone Gunman, the spinoff show? No. Okay, I actually watched this when it first aired. I don't believe, I don't know if they ever aired that episode ever again, but this is an X-Files spinoff that was aired on Fox six months before 9-11. Are you still following? Okay, 9-11, six months. The plot featured the theme of hijacked planes attempting to crash into the World Trade Center. Cool. Okay. The episode even revealed that the hijacking was perpetrated by the U.S. government as part of an elaborate conspiracy. Are you following? Damn. What do you make of that, Max? Another coincidence in your incredibly high coincidence stack? Yeah. 
because uh, as a writer, it's like you you get creative and shit, and you know. Well, you're like, assuming you know who the writer is. You're assuming they have no connections to anybody. You're assuming. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, assu- I'm assuming, like, unless you tell me there's connections with the fucking, like. But if you don't know, well, I'm not saying there are or there aren't. I'm saying wouldn't, yeah. be, wouldn't it be impossible to tell if it was a coincidence or not? And yet your cognitive distance seems to immediately jump to coincidence well, instead of remaining well, wait, neutral. Wait, 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 wait. Isn't it? Yeah, but aren't you? Oh, are you, are you neutral? Because I'll, I'll stay neutral. But if you're not neutral, because you're not. You're not buying into the coincidence. You're well, buying wait, are into you the give probability. Into pre- are you going to give into peer pressure, Max? Yeah, but yeah, but you're you're buying into pro- what is the what is the what is your excuse for the probability as it okay, is to I'm my coincidence? I find like, it okay. I find it extremely suspect. It might be a coincidence. I'm not saying it's not. I'm not saying it is or it isn't. But I do find it strange. You don't find anything about anything strange. I find things strange that don't seem to add up. I believe that there's no such thing as a real coincidence, but what the connection means, I'm not saying, okay, just because it's not a coincidence. Yeah, but here's, here's mean, the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. Like, I could be wrong. I'm just saying, like, I don't know. It's like, okay, I'm making, a very important, I'm making a very important point here. Just because... I don't believe in any coincidences. I don't think anything is a coincidence. However, that does not mean that it's a black and white fallacy where because it's not a coincidence, it must mean that this was definitely predictive programming. This was put out by the Illuminati as predictive programming. That doesn't mean that. It could be something completely different that we don't know about. That's the real I agree. With, I agree with you. But it still wouldn't be a coincidence. Coincidence means that there would be absolutely no nothing related. I think there could be a strand related. Um, to- well, I, I never, I, I never said absolutely. I mean, I'm, I kind of think it's coincidental, but like, I mean, I could be wrong if I get more information. I don't know. Like, I don't know what you want me to say about this. Well, if you don't have enough information, you could just say. I don't have enough information to determine whether that it's a coincidence or not. Uh, I guess. I mean. And I think the podcast would be more interesting, though. <laughs> okay, let's go through the definition of coincidence, because maybe you don't know what the definition is. A remarkable concurrence of events or circumstances without apparent causal connection. Okay, I'm saying there might be a connection. Now, what that connection is, how would I know? But I'm just saying... To say would you, that, wait, would you would you feel better if I said it might be coincidental because that's no, you should just say like, what, you should just say whatever you believe. I don't care what you say. This I is- mean, I think I think okay, I'll just say it might be coincidental because because it's the same way you would say it might not be coincidental. I don't what, know. Well, you so could, I would say, but you could also say it might not be coincidental. Yeah, I could say that too. Or you could say that's that's incredibly strange. I don't know. That's what I would say. You don't find it strange. That this, you don't, oh man, you don't find it strange that the lone gunman, now these are a group of conspiracy theorists in the X-Files. I don't know if, the lone gunman were in the X-Files. I, for someone who claims to be a fan, do you know who the lone gunman were? Well, I'm not sure if like, I like the X-Files. I don't know if I categorize as fan. Well, you just said you, I, love, I like them. you just said you love the X Files. Um, sometimes I say fan because I just like them, and I I've watched a few shows and I really like it. So that means I'm a fan. But like a fan could, oh, uh, it's it's yeah. uh, I'm taking so it too lightly. I'm taking I'm taking I'm taking it too lightly. The fan because 
because literal fan is like okay. crazy. So you're so you well yeah, fan is short for fanatic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know, but I'm take I'm not taking it literally as as people. Okay, so it. you're not a hardcore fan. So you've only seen a couple episodes of the X Files, and you happen to like. Uh, or have you I seen a lot? Of like I've seen like 24 episodes. But wow! Like, exactly always, 24 but, episodes. That's well, incredible, Maxwell. Your well, memory, said, your memory think, is fantastic. Hold on, I think I said about 24 episodes. I don't <laughs> think I said 24 episodes. Uh, well, it, but, I think most people would either say yeah, but I'm, esti I'm estimating because like I'm I just you estimate, through my brain. You're estimating with an exact number. That's really funny. But okay, well, and I could have given a range, but it takes too much time. Like I could get probably around 20 to 30. Like what the fuck? I just asked. Like I just said, I don't know. No, I just I find know, it. I don't know how many. I, don't I know just how many find it amusing. No, I just find it amusing. You amusing. You jump to an exact number because most people would round and just say, "I've seen about." Yeah, but I, when I, when I say about twenty four, it's like not twenty four, but about twenty four. Maybe it's twenty three. Maybe it's twenty two. Well, if it was, if you think it's closer to twenty two, somebody would just say about twenty. If you think it's closer to twenty four, somebody would say twenty five. I don't know. Oh. That's my impression. Uh, I've never well, met someone quite as unique as you, Maxwell. You're definitely a unique entity. I about twenty four because I go I go by dozens. Like so, I was thinking twelve. <laughs> well, well, I was like I was like, damn. I think I watched more than a dozen. I think I watched a couple dozen. So I said twenty four. About twenty four. Okay, so dozen is your default. Most people go by tens. You go by dozens. Gotcha. Uh, okay. Well, because because people say, oh, I've seen it a dozen times. I'm like, wait, I think I've does I've seen it more than a dozen times. So I think I've seen it. Twice a dozen times, so <laughs> about twenty-four. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back to the task at hand here. So you don't find it strange. Let, let me rephrase it. Forget the word coincidence. Do you find it strange that six months before nine eleven, conspir the most well-known conspiracy theorists at the time, fictional conspiracy theorists in the TV show The X Files, which was one of the most popular TV shows on TV. They happen to have their pilot episode six months prior to 9-11 that just happened to be about hijacked planes attempting to crash into the World Trade Center that was actually part of a government conspiracy. You don't find that strange at all. No, it's because it's like, uh, here's the thing. I, I, the World Trade Center has been attacked before many times and everyone, it's everyone's target. So when you're a writer and you're thinking of ways, wait, wait, it's been, well, the fucking Whale Trade Center has been bombed before, so we can't write that because that's like kind of a, we, we need something more unique. Well, we could do a missile. Well, uh, kind of a missile is kind of rough. You're not that How great. the hell? Okay. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. How is, how is a terrorist going to be getting into the Whale Trade Center? Wait, wait a second. They can hijack a plane. And then they fucking wrote that in. Well, nobody, nobody would ever think that because... Again, even even okay, we did a John Lear podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's not supposed to be possible. So a writer wouldn't fly a plane. Okay, so for example, the World Trade Center is not the only landmark in the world. Okay, you have the Eiffel Tower. If you're a creative writer, there's so many places you could pick. Other well, let me finish my point before you respond. You can pick all of these. You can pick the Tower of London. You can pick all these major landmarks. But let's say I'll go along with you and say, okay, World Trade Center is pretty big. Let's do World Trade Center. Why would they pick flying a plane into it? That's never, like, that seems unusual. But let's say, for the sake of argument, I'll say that a creative writer could have come up with that. Just for the sake of argument. 
what are the chances that it comes out a few months before? See, if this episode had aired... Wait, 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 more of, more of a chance, because that means, like, if one is thinking the same, the real perpetrators would be thinking the same, because that makes a good writer. It's like a Nobody real perpetrator. Would the real perpetrator in real life would do the same. Okay, hold on a second. So you believe the real perpetrators actually thought they could... So pilots with no training experience... Could pilot, you think that they really came up with a plan to, to, to fly a plane that they couldn't even fly properly against all the laws of physics that have never been done in the history? So you think the plot of hijackers, you think instead of trying to do something that was feasible and actually cause some damage and like actually accomplish some kind of terrorist goal, you really think those terrorists thought? Regardless of whether well, uh, well, we're 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 arguing the uh, the coincidentalness, right? Of the not right of now, the writer, of the right now. No, 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 I'm not. Well, that's my argument. I mean, you're you're throwing some freaking what do you call that? That 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 hey person. What? What do you call that? What do you call that when you throw a hey person? What are you talking about? When you when you it's like a argumentation fallacy when you throw like Bro, a man. Straw man. It's not a straw man because I'm pointing out how your argument or, or a fucking or like a red herring and shit. We're we're arguing over a fucking. No, but, it's not, uh, but it's not a red herring. It's very specific to what you said. I'm showing why you have a non-congruent well, argument. Okay. I'm exposing okay, your okay. fallacious reasoning on how it's a non-congruent argument. So let me let me finish. This is a non-congruent argument because you're trying to argue because the argument that you just said was that a, some kind of creative writer, there's more of a chance that it would happen because a creative Hollywood writer who specializes in coming up with scenarios that are so out there and creative that they're not commonplace. You think a terrorist who wants to do damage is going to pick some kind of Hollywood over-the-top unrealistic scenario? I, I, didn't, I don't think I said that. You said exactly said, that. You said, no, no, this, this is what I said. I'll, I'll rephrase. A creative writer, a, a, a good writer of um, a good writer would do a lot of thinking of how terrorists think. No, no. Therefore, he would okay, write it down. Maxwell, I have to say, wait, hold on, hold on, no, 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 no. Let wait, me wait, 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 He would write it down, and therefore, like no, no, the real Maxwell, terrorists Maxwell, actually this is make the whole it happen point. because that's no, no, it, it predictive, can't. You just almost yourself, predictive. Yeah, you just proved yourself wrong. A creative writer, I agree with you. A creative writer is going to think how let, terrorists think. Hold, let me finish. No terrorist is ever going to think to pilot a 747 into the world. Nobody would ever think that. So a writer who's, according to you, good at his job, he's going to put himself in the mind of terrorists. So, yes, they're going to well, be wait, doing... Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, wait, hold on, hold on for a second. What, wasn't the topic that the writer was uh, writing a a terrorist attack that was uh, fictional and it was government implemented that was a conspiracy or also like a, a double, uh, how should I say, like uh, a made-up story. Like, now you're strong. Like terrorist- now you're strong. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. You're, isn't, that, isn't that what your point is? That, that the terrorists are not even able to think like that? Hold Therefore, on. Hold so on. the writer put that in, right? I was like, asking you no, I was asking you if you found it strange given the event. Now you're straw manning like crazy. Your defense, yeah. your immediate defense was it would be more likely 
because the terrorists wanted to do that. So let's forget about whether or not it was a conspiracy. Like, let's not even go down that path. Let's let's stick to the basics here. Let's say the official government story is true or whether it's true or not. Let's say, like, because what's the alternative? So you're saying the hologram theory is true. What do you, I don't understand why you want to. I, 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 there's, I have a, a lot of things like the planes never hit the towers and everything was like, I, I don't, I don't really know. There's, there's a lot. Let's I kind right, of just, just gave up on let's it. Keep it. Okay. Let's keep it simple. Let's keep it simple then. Let's go with either, let's go with two simple options. Like, forget what the truth is right now. We're just we're just dissecting predicting programming. So this is just a thought exercise. We're not talking about truth. So either government agents posing as terrorists or those terrorists committed this act. Somebody committed the act. Let's say the planes were real. So you're saying it was more likely that it would come out that this episode would air relatively close, mere months before the event, because terrorists are thinking that. Like, on what planet would it, I mean, why would they be thinking? So a Hollywood writer is going to think they're coming. Uh, so you think a Hollywood writer thinks that getting into the mind of the terrorists is going to involve flying 747s into building. Like, the, the chance of success is so remote. Like, let's say it can be done. Let's say they didn't violate the law. Let, let's say the official story is true. Let, let's talk let's, more general here. Like, let's talk more general here. Most people think they have fucking unique fucking ideas and shit. They're like the fucking, their idea is the fucking best thing in the world and shit. And first off, like, you can, you can do, the inventors do this all, all the time. Like, you can do your research first and figure out, like, 90% of the time, your invention was fucking invented by someone else. Your invention so is like, already, it's already in a fucking market and shit. I'm just saying, like your your fucking like uh, the writer's idea. The way the hold on, hold on. The writer's idea of a fucking like airplane fucking crashing into the fucking thing, uh, is not that fucking unique. Like motherfuckers, uh, like have fucking thought of it. <laughs> like it's not that fucking unique. What other instance can? It, it's it's been it's been it's been movies. Movies were Name made. A movie. Name a movie. Uh, well, first off, first off, not only is it a movie, a fucking real plane crashed into the fucking Empire State Building. Yeah, like, it's not a, exactly. That's not a movie. That was an accident because it wasn't. Yeah, that's exactly the. Yeah, point. yeah, but so yeah, but exactly. Yeah, but exactly. What I'm saying is not that the event. A, a plane hitting a fucking building is not that fucking unique. Like it is unique. They've been. No, it's not. It's fucking happening in the Empire State Building. Exactly. By, by a fucking accident, or yeah, or it could, exactly. it, it's it's irrelevant whether there is an accident or not. It's, it's like fucking, a meteor. It's a, like plane, a meteor. a plane hit a fucking it's building. Like, it's the exactly. same shit. It's like a meteor hitting the earth. It happens once in a blue, once every however many decades it happens. So you're saying so if a movie comes out where a meteor hit the world hit hit the earth, and then a meteor hits the earth. A few minutes after, and it turns out the me the meteor is a conspiracy. You wouldn't find that strange either. How often does a plane hit a building, Maxwell? It's happened more rare than human. You have a higher chance of getting struck by lightning. Well, well, they also made a movie out of it too. Like movie. You know, what the meteor hitting the fucking? No, no, we're talking about a No, we're talking about a plane hitting a building right now. And uh, you um, just pointed it out. It happened by accident. That's the whole point. How hard is it to do that on purpose? It's it's basically impossible. Nobody would ever do that. What I'm saying is like the idea can be 
was seminated by the accident in the fucking Empire State Building to the whole planet. You can call it fucking uh, super, what do you call it? Super consciousness and shit? What, what the fuck do they call it? Cosmic consciousness, but you're... No, no, not, not cosmic, uh, but, but like the societal consciousness. What do they usually call that shit? Um, collective consciousness. Yeah, collective consciousness, because it's like part of the history and shit, and like, I don't know. That, that yeah, but it's not okay. So, the, but <laughs> by that logic, anything is possible. Like people get struck by lightning. Well, 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 but that's um, yeah, pretty much. I mean, all right. Let me let's do this then. Yeah, people, okay, people, hold do on, get hold on. Let, let's let's do this then. So let's say a writer came up with an idea that a president got struck by lightning during his inauguration speech. And let's say a few months later it happened. Would you find it coincidental? Because I mean, people have gotten struck by lightning before. You wouldn't find it coincidental at all if a writer came up with an idea where the president was struck by lightning in his inauguration speech, and then it happens a few months later. So you wouldn't, you would, you wouldn't find that strange at all, right? According to your logic, I, I, I wouldn't. Um, what I'm, what I'm saying is like it's possible that it's coincidental, and but it might not be. Because it could be controlled by fucking, like, uh, what do you call that? The weather control government project. HARP. <laughs> no, what do, you, what do you call that? Harp. Like that, that tech. Um, HARP. HARP, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Just said it three times. All right, but Maxwell, you, oh, I, you, I missed, you. you missed the whole point completely because you're completely disregarding. So if, if it was a random movie, I still think it's weird. But okay, we're talking about the X-Files. We're talking about the lone gunman, a group of conspiracy. Like that's what the show is about. You well, completely disregarded that. Well, X Files, X Files is also gathered information from like real world history. So it's not like, you know, you know, it's not completely fictional. Yeah, but we're talking. What does that have to do with anything? Uh, I don't know. You kind of brought it up that the X Files. Was- no, I'm bringing. You're not factoring. I guess because of your memory, you don't. You can't keep more than one thing in mind. Or even one thing in mind at a time. So you're not factoring in the TV show is the X is an X Files spinoff. The Lone Gunmen are a group of conspiracy theorists. So you completely disregarded. Yeah. You just you were just going with the idea. Well, I don't. I really don't think. I have no clue how you think a Hollywood writer thinks that inside the brain of a terrorist is to do the most outlandish. Like terrorists need a high chance of success. If you're a terrorist, like you want to commit your act of ter- you're not going to pick the most insane scenario with the least chance of success. That's really stupid. Why would anybody come up with that? And how would like nobody would even approve that idea? Like if you're trying to make a movie where that you're trying to make it believable in any way, like. How could you think that a writer trying to get into the mind of a terrorist is going to think that they're going to want to try to fire a 747 into a building? Like, it's kind of weird. Like, they would never do that. The chance of success is too low. Like, it's just stupid. You'd pick something where they well, actually, like, they'd want to well, get their hands on a, a bomb well, or something. Is, I had this, I mean, I had this, uh, you know, I, I I wrote a novel and like I thought it was like fucking unique as fuck, like the way the characters were interacting and shit. And then fucking six months later, I fucking see it on fucking Netflix or Prime and shit with the fucking the same names and shit with the same kind of relationship. Like it was, I don't know. I just yeah, but that's completely different. We're not talking. You're not talking a single. Was there a single event or was something generic? Like we're talking about the world. We're talking about planes and the World Trade Center here. We're not talking about a random. Like if it was planes crashing into some kind of big, 
maybe I, I don't know if they changed it up to make it more realistic and it wasn't exactly like that. But like you're talking about very generic, like there's a million books that are representative of a million different scenarios. Did it happen in the exact same location that you put in your book? It was the exact same location, like the same address. If no, it was, no. if it was, I'd be interested to check that out. <laughs> it yeah, probably was. Just... It probably wasn't even the same state. Mm. Oh shit! It was the same state. <laughs> it was. I think so, but uh, but um, uh, that's a little better, but still. Yeah. <laughs> um, right, let me rephrase. Let me rephrase. What? So basically, nothing ever could be not a coincidence, according to you, because. No matter how exact it is, you're always going to write it off. Like, I asked you this question earlier. What would it take for you to think it's... Wait, 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 wait. Wait, like, you, you already, like, you already talked about the Batman um, Sandy Hook thing, like, the Sandy yeah. Hook. Like, I think I remember watching a, a thing with that. Like, that was kind of, like, that was pretty cool. Like, that was pretty straight up. Like, So you don't think it's a coincidence? Um... So right now, I don't because it was just like fucking specific location. From what I remember in that documentary, and yet something, like, and yet something like this lone gunman pilot, which is even more specific and even more detailed. Wait, wait, uh, like the wait, the specific with the fucking nine eleven thing. Yeah, uh, that's even that's well, so much more. Like, let me get, let me tell you well, this. Well, 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 the World Trade, the World Trade Center is too popular. Like, Sandy Hook is not that fucking popular. I like, know, but we're talking about planes going into it. We're not talking. Yeah, but yeah, but a fucking plane crashing into a building, like I said, is not that fucking unique. It is. Like, it's true. happened before, and like I think it's that happened like three times in the world history. Three times is as far from popular as you can get. Yeah, but it's fucking like I actually think it's really... probably. Well, I actually well, think it's probably happened more than three times. Well, it's well, well, it's, the, the, well. The event is so unique that I'm sure the news headlines would fucking programs people's minds and and the with the possibility of that happening. So it's not like it's not completely unique. I mean, it's kind of unusual to have had planes hit the fucking building. Something happening three times in the history of the world is extremely unique and unusual. I don't know what's wrong with your brain, Maxwell. But anyway, well, like, <sighs> hold on. Let me let me go back to the Sandy Hook thing. I thought it was a coincidence. What made me raise an eyebrow was when I found out that Nathan Crowley was the production designer. That point, that at that point, I was like, wait a second. That that's yeah, so so you're so you're like you're actually like even more uh, ahead of me as far as like being convinced of being coincidental. Uh, before like, I, you need, you, like you need you need you need more proof than I did in that situation. Exactly, but and, and so, what, what what where you're extremely inconsistent is that the lone gunman pilot is a hundred times more crazy than that Sandy Hook thing in uh, in the Dark Knight. Oh, uh, and then and then my argument is that that okay, I got it. I guess because like the yeah, because I I still do the same. I mean, it's not like, it's not like fucking the World Trade Center or some fucking unique building that no one knows about, like Sandy Hook and shit. But nobody would ever think to fly a plane into it, let alone have a government, be a government conspiracy on top the, of the that. plane. The plane crashing into the World Trade Center has been thought about. It's not like... By who? By writers. By which writers? When? Mm, people six months ago and shit. Before nine eleven happened. Yeah, that's the only time. That's the whole point. Makes it weird. If if this had been, if there's a movie coming out about it every year for twenty years, then you'd be right. I'd be with like you're acting as if something comes out. You're acting as if so many things came out 
that it was just, it's not coincidence, like whatever, six months before, who cares? Cause this has been done so many times, but it hasn't like you're pretending it's been done so many times. So it's not unusual. Did you say, did you say there was like a relationship with the writer and the, like some weird fucking Satanist in the dark or, night with Sandy hook? Oh, but, but not, but not the nine eleven one, right? The lone gunman pilot. I actually don't know who wrote that. Do you, oh, we can find out. <laughs> but that's besides the point. I mean, if there was, that's just going to add to it. But yeah, yeah, but like, and then, then I'll, I'll buy into it. But I don't think if it's just a, some weird fucking writer or just fucking like just writing shit. Like, yeah, but you don't know the, don't, if it's an un, how do you know who that writer was? I, I don't how do you know, know that writer is not part of them? I don't, I don't know, dude. Like, it might be coincidental or not, but like, if you show some fucking weird connection with fucking Aleister Crowley with a fucking photo with him fucking, you know, making a peace sign and shit, then, then we can work something out. Yeah, you don't realize that the, uh, this, like, there's so many layers to it. Like, the Sandy Hook target, that's one thing. They didn't say there would be, you know, it was Adam Lanza or whatever. It was some former student who had auto, who had some kind of mental condition. They didn't say that. If they had, I'd be like, whoa. <laughs> but that's what happened in the Lone Gunman episode. And yet you're like, nothing to see here. Like, the amount of layers on it. Like, there's three layers. Well, there's, uh, mental illness is, like, rampant. I mean, it's yeah, but in like... the dark. You, Max, you're missing the point again. In the dark night, when they had target Sandy Hook, did they say that that target would be hit by some kind of, some kid with, uh, you know, with a mental condition. They didn't, and they had a picture resembling Adam Lanza or whatever. If they had done that, I'd be like, whoa, 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 there's no way that's a coincidence. But they didn't do that. There was only one layer, Sandy Hook target. That's it. With the Lone Gunman episode, there's multiple layers of coincidences that are so extreme and you don't bat an eye. But when there's only a small fraction of it, you're like, whoa, this is weird. That's so strange. I, I actually can't believe that you found that strange in, uh, you found the Sandy Hook targeted thing strange because usually your default is it's a coincidence no matter what. I can't believe you found that strange. Um, like I said, it's kind of like specific location in the same state. Yeah, nowhere right? near as specific as the lone gunman pilot episode, like not even close to as specific. <sighs> <laughs> Like, not even in the same ballpark. Because <laughs> it didn't start. I don't know, man. I don't think you're getting the World Trade Center target. as I am getting it. You, I'm completely getting it. What you're not getting is that... Is the, unique, the, the uniqueness one. of the fucking, like, plane hitting the World Trade Center. And not just that. But on top of that, the, the episode also said that it was a government conspiracy. Whereas uh, but, in the but, dark, that's not, but that's easy to add on to anything as a government conspiracy. Okay, converse, I mean, okay like, let me. No, 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 no. Not, but that's like part of it. writers. Rep, that's part of writer writers. Um, what do you call it? Repertoire. Okay, so like, why didn't? Okay, so the equivalent of that would be if they had an Adam Lanza type individual in the Dark Knight movie, in addition to Target Sandy Hook, and in addition to that, they also add. I mean, if the government conspiracy is that easy to add, why didn't they add that in the Dark Knight movie? Why didn't they say target Sandy Hook by an Adam Lanza type individual? And that's also going to be a conspiracy. If they did that, then that would equate to the Lone Gunman episode. But they didn't do that. Why didn't they tack that on to the Dark Knight? I don't fucking know. No, but that's what I'm saying. If they had, I would be like, that's crazy. But that's the exact equivalent in the Lone Gunman episode, and you're not seeing it. And you think something much more easily explained as a coincidence is not a coincidence. 
Because you already thought, like, without the Crowley's relative, you already thought that was strange. That actually mind shocks me. You never think anything is strange. Why would you think Target Sandy Because they didn't even tell how they were going to do it, right? It just said Target Sandy Hook. They didn't say it was going to be a, shoot, a school shooting. That's the equivalent. If they had said it was going to be a school shooting and, and they had, like, and then it, w- it would have been a conspiracy perpetrated by the government. That's the equivalent here in the Lone Gunman episode. And for some reason, you're not seeing it. Maybe I, maybe like from personal experience, like I've probably like witnessed more trauma and like uh, personal interactions that are really bizarre. So nothing to me is kind of like strange because I've seen almost everything. Okay, forget about that. You found, you found Target Sandy Hook strange in the Dark Knight. Um, not strange, but more like. more like making sense. What do you mean making sense? That it was predictive programming or what? That, um, yeah, somewhat like, yeah, it's a predictive programming. Like, like, damn, it's like, like if they, if they specify a specific place, Sandy Hook, and then Sandy Hook gets hit later. Like Now, now Maxwell, I've said this before. Let me say it again. What if they had specified it was Sandy Hook school and there was a school shooter, and that was a government conspiracy. What if they had specified that in the movie? What then? Because mm. they were so vague. What's Sandy Hook? Sandy Hook could be anything. Like, it's... How, how is... Like, that oh, was, that, was that vague? I thought it was, like, more specific than that. There was a target on a map, but that's it. They didn't say it was... Oh, that target. was it? Oh, yeah. then it's not that strange then. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, oh man. I thought it was like for some reason I remember it as like fucking the like some weird school like with a fucking bomb I don't know some shit like that. But let's say it was it was a bomb and not a shooting. So again, it's not that strange. Whereas you have a plane flying into a building and then that being a government conspiracy. And in a dark night, even if it was a bomb, that's still why didn't they add the government conspiracy angle? I mean, you said it's so easy to add. Why didn't they add that in the dark night? But they didn't. That's the whole point. Well, well, because, and in the lone because gunman, the, well, they the, did. well, because the Batman, the Batman movie storyline has to go along. Like you can't, it's, it can't, it can't get sidetracked too much as far I mean, as the exactly. government conspiracy. So why? So how could this plot be? So this plot happened to be featured on a specific conspiracy show, as opposed to any other action show, like uh, whatever, any kind of action series or whatever. But and it was specifically this one. That only adds to the coincidence factor. It doesn't subtract from it. Oh, man. This might be your worst episode ever, Maxwell. <laughs> we'll have to see. Uh... Hey, I don't know. It's just fucking like, it's like, I don't know. It's not a big fucking deal. Some fucking writer six months before 9-11 happened. What about 9-11 getting hit by fucking airplanes by terrorists and shit? And it being a government conspiracy. And it being a government yeah. conspiracy. Yeah, nothing wrong with it. <laughs> <laughs> and yet Sandy Hook target on him. Okay, whatever. Well, well, well. Like again, I retracted on that because it's, I don't think it's that strange. Right, so we just wasted that whole thing. Okay. Well, in I know because for, for some reason, like, in the I in the two was... in the two thousand four BBC program Panorama London Under Attack, a fictional scenario was presented in which terrorists detonated three bombs on the London Underground and a fourth bomb in the streets above. One year later, as part of the seven seven attacks. Terrorists detonated three bombs on the London Underground and a fourth bomb in the street above. Were those who watched the Panorama episode preconditioned to accept the events, 
that took place on 7-7. See, that to me is completely different because it makes sense that terrorists would be detonating bombs in the, in, in the London Underground. Like, if you're a terrorist, you might, I mean, detonating bombs is what terrorists do. They don't fly planes into buildings. They detonate bombs. Completely different. I have no clue why you can't grasp that. I mean, it's like night and day. I mean, it's as different as you can get. So this one, to me, is not quite as strange. But, I mean, you could say three bombs in the train, in the London Underground, one on the street. Okay, that's slightly strange because it's the exact same number. But I don't know. That's still not a lot. It's not like it was 14 bombs and then, the, and then three bombs above. Like, it wasn't – that's not enough for me to be like, that's – not a coincidence. It's not enough. If it was, it would have to be something crazy. It would have the numbers would have to three and four that those aren't enough. But anyway, in the, in the 1898 novella Futility told a story in which a giant unsinkable ship with too few lifeboats called Titan crashed into an iceberg and sunk 400 nautical miles from Newfoundland. In 1912, a giant, unsinkable ship with too few lifeboats called Titanic crashed into an iceberg and sunk 400 miles from Newfoundland. So we have these exact details. Are you going to think that's a coincidence, Maxwell? Uh, I, missed, I missed what you said. Well, what have you been doing this whole time? The, ni- the 1898 novella, Futility, The name of the novella is Futility. It told a story in which a giant, quote, unsinkable, end quote, ship. That's what they called it in the story. They called it unsinkable with two two few lifeboats called Titan. So it's called Titan. Nice. Crashed into an iceberg and sunk 400 nautical miles from Newfoundland. This is the novella. Okay, now in real life, in 1912, a giant, quote, unsinkable, end quote, ship, that's what the Titanic was advertised as, unsinkable, with too few lifeboats called the Titanic, crashed into an iceberg and sunk 400 nautical miles from Newfoundland. So we're talking, so we have so many layers here. We have unsinkable ship. Okay, well, we could, uh, we, I could write that off. Too few lifeboats. I could write that off. The ship is called Titanic. Titan versus Titanic. That's red flag number one. That's too close for me, Maxwell. Okay, and they both happen to sink 400 nautical miles from Newfoundland. I mean, that's like 500 red flags right there. But you probably just think it's all coincidental, right? Um... Uh, wait, who wrote it? And and how many years before the Four, Titanic? It was fourteen years before. And how is it relevant? Who wrote it? Um, relationship with satanic people. Morgan Robertson, Morgan Andrew Robinson. He wrote short stories and novels, and he's the self-proclaimed inventor of the periscope. Um, I don't know. It's like fucking, almost like, uh, I've been studying a lot of, like, law of attraction shit, 
music. So like this could be like kind of like a manifestation, like universal consciousness type shit. Like he wrote it, people read it, and okay, fucking now, people manifest that shit. Then it's not a coincidence because that's the connection right there. Yeah, it's possible. I'm actually kind of surprised. I thought you were going to write that off as coincidence as well, like everything else. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I'm kind of, uh, I don't know. It could be coincidental still. <laughs> With that many details? So well, no yeah, Titan, Titan, fucking Titanic. I mean, that's a good fucking name for any fucking ship. Like, if you're fucking naming ships and shit, both- and you want, it, you want it to be unsinkable, you're going to name it fucking Titanic. And coincidentally, there's not going to be that many lifeboats. And coincidentally, it's yes. 400. Yes, not yes. Too out. many fucking boats not having fucking too many life, not enough lifeboats and shit. And, they just and, f- nautical, and 400 nautical miles and shit from Newfoundland. So not 300 or 500. They're just both yeah, 400. Yeah, four, 400. Yeah. And, and out of all the ways, like, they didn't, it didn't get damaged. It didn't, it, they both hit an iceberg. And by the way, there are no icebergs in the area where that Titanic sunk. So... Mm. Yeah. No shit. Well, how was the, like, because I know there was, like, some reports and shit with the fucking ice on top of the deck and shit like that. I don't know. I could, I don't don't know the history. I don't know the history. I think it was cold, yes, but it wasn't, uh, I don't think there were actually any big icebergs for the ship to crash into. But out of all the possible accidents you can have at sea, like, the hull could have broke just because it wasn't built properly. Like, the plot line is exactly the same, and, I mean, I, I don't know, whatever. Someone who watched Kubrick's mesmerizing 2001 A Space Odyssey in 1968 probably had little reason to doubt the authenticity of the moon landing images they saw just a year later in 1969. Someone who watched Armageddon is likely to believe in the threat of a disastrous meteor impact simply because the concept is familiar to them and they have subconsciously accepted such a catastrophe as a genuine possibility. Someone who tolerated World War Z, I thought it was a good movie, what do you mean tolerated, was not only exposed to the much-repeated theme of deadly pandemics, but was also conditioned to accept that a vaccine from the World Health Organization might be humanity's only hope of survival. (laughs) Oh man, this is a dark topic. This is really dark. Introducing controversial technology. A person who watched Minority Report in 2002 might be less alarmed when technologies such as facial recognition, retina scanning, driverless cars, predictive crime fighting, and personalized advertising start to become commonplace in their own reality. I still think it's creepy, and I've watched all these shows and movies. Those who grew up seeing their Star Trek heroes using communicators were familiarized with the idea of handheld communicative technology long before cell phones were introduced. Children who grew up watching lovable robots in films might be less resistant to the expansion of artificial intelligence in the future. The same could be said for young men who are constantly fed images of smoking hot fembot babes. (laughs) You know what just occurred to me? What if robots from the future learn to manipulate time and they're the ones behind some of the influence to all the robots in the mainstream so they're getting children and several generations to accept robots so in the future they can take over 
or they will plan or they want to take over sooner or whatever happened in the future maybe humans weren't acclimated enough and something happened where their their takeover was prevented so then they went back in time and influenced through brainwashing techniques the robots are behind it all this is like terminator (laughs) so then they made all these cutesy robots in children's movies and tv shows Someone who watched their favorite crime drama hero solve horrific cases using DNA databases and invasive surveillance techniques might support such measures in their own future in order to keep everyone safe. Did RoboCop prepare people for police militarization and the introduction of robot policing? Even a Futurama fan might have been subtly preconditioned to accept the concept of microchip implants. Aliens. Curiously, no other theme seems to be repeated more than those based on alien contact and alien invasion. Regardless of your personal views on the subject, it's interesting to note that the belief in extraterrestrials has skyrocketed as generations have passed. Researcher Eric Dubay... Oh, so this guy does know about Flat Earthers. (laughs) Summarizes this alien predictive programming with a brilliant anecdote on his website, AtlanteanConspiracy.com. When I was a little kid, I once asked my 90-year-old great-grandfather if he thought aliens existed. He laughed heartily and said, of course not. Later on, I asked my 60-year-old grandfather the same question. He said he wasn't sure if they existed or not. When I first asked my 30-year-old dad about it, he said there were billions of galaxies and planets just like ours, and so there were most likely other forms of life out there somewhere. Nowadays, when I ask my 9-year-old students who believes aliens exist, in every class, almost every student raises their hands. Interesting. The consequences of this growing belief are interesting to consider. For example, a society today might believe a staged alien visitation event, but would this be the case if we hadn't already been indoctrinated with hundreds of years worth of science fiction? You know what's weird, though? Like, for example, in War of the Worlds, when they first did the radio broadcast where people thought it was happening for real, those people didn't even see it on TV. They didn't have the visuals. Yeah. Wait, so what about it? I'm just... It's... Yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying. Oh, so oh, wait, so you're saying about like the there was no predictive programming for them to accept it or some shit like that. I'm I'm saying it's almost like an overkill move, but I mean that's how people work though. Like if you're a general and you have an army, you want to have you want to completely crush your enemy. You don't want to chance it if the sides are slightly too even. You know, because that radio broadcast was in 1938, and people started panicking. But then again, people were also more gullible back then. Like, people actually trusted their government back then. So, I don't know. Like, they trusted newspapers and radio broadcasts, whereas now a lot of people don't. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, guess. Like, so, so, there, so there was a little bit of a predictive programming through newspapers and, like, all that other uh, low-tech media, I guess. Well, no, I'm, just, I'm just saying people were more trusting back then. People are less trusting now, so maybe they need more predictive programming indoctrination, and they saw this coming, so they saw the lack of trust coming. I don't know. I don't know. The coincidence theorist conclusion. So, could predictive programming be used to manipulate people's perceptions and familiarize them with predetermined agendas? 
No, it's all just rubbish. Don't worry about it, says the coincidence theorist. All of the examples above are just pure coincidence and shouldn't be investigated further. Societal rulers have never used the mass media as a vehicle for propaganda, and they never will. What's on the box tonight, then? So, obviously, that's... He's being sarcastic, but it's pretty, uh... I don't know. What do you think? Mm, I, missed the, I missed what you said. I just read the conclusion of the conspiracy theorist. He said, ah... How come you listen the second time and not the first time? I don't know. <laughs> Just waste so much time. The coincidence theorist's conclusion. So, could predictive programming be used to manipulate people's perceptions and familiarize them with predetermined agendas? No, it's all just rubbish. Don't worry about it, says the coincidence theorist. All of the examples above are just pure coincidence and shouldn't be investigated further. Societal rulers have never used the mass media as a vehicle for propaganda, and they never will. What's on the box tonight, then? Damn, they actually said that? That's so weird, because I was, like, thinking, I was, like, uh, I, I was pretty much, like, well, you see me as a conspiracy, like, a coincidental theorist, right? Yes. Um, but then they said that crazy shit, like, they never would use it, and I'm like, damn, what the fuck is wrong with you? He was being sarcastic. Obvious. Oh, oh, he was. <laughs> I guess it's not up. obvious to Maxwell Powers. <laughs> wait, wait, that's fucked up. Wait, wait, who? Wait, what the hell is that whole point? Why the fuck would he? He's being sarcastic to get his point across. Oh, because but yeah, but he was a co coincidental theorist. No, the name, the coincidence theorist dot com. Uh, okay. This is his conclusion, but he's being. The whole thing's kind of like a sarcastic tone to realize how silly it is that it's not a coincidence because... Oh, wait. Oh, no shit. No shit. So he's kind of... Okay, so he's got a sarcastic tone website and shit. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, what difference does it make? Oh, I don't know. Cause, it like, sounds he was, funny even if, well, even if he was being... I mean, I guess... It'd be oh, because I thought... Because I, I thought... For some reason, I thought coincidental theorists was kind of like a reference to people who are theorizing coincidences but he's actually like a, he's trying to be it's like, it's like the title of his website he's being funny because he's being funny because people consider people conspiracy theorists for believing that things aren't a coincidence and he's doing he labeled oh, it okay, okay, like oh, that's a cool that's a cool yeah. label <laughs> yeah to see how ridiculous it is to just believe everything's a coincidence like you which is kind of funny because you believe everything is a coincidence and yet you still believe in conspiracy theories it's kind of weird <laughs> hey what do you mean <laughs> well you believe in certain you you said you went down the rabbit holes and you learned what you wanted yeah. to, you believed it was true right yeah but yet you think everything's a coincidence, so it's just kind of weird. Uh, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say everything. Like pretty, pretty much everything, at least on my shock, everything I ever bring uh, up is always a coincidence. So, um, right, what was the question again? <laughs> there was no question. That is our podcast on predictive programming. What are your final thoughts? Um. Uh, everything's cool. Everything's a coincidence? No, just cool. <laughs> All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed another edition of the Mindshack Podcast. If you like the podcast, you can donate to our PayPal. Just check the link in the description. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. If you like the podcast, hit the like button. Feel free to share it across social media platforms. Any questions, thoughts, comments, theories, debunkings, or insults, just leave them in the comments section.
You could like our Facebook page, check us out on Twitter, Reddit, Patreon. Patrons do get priority in requesting topics and cases and podcasts. This is Bruce McGuire signing off. And Massel Powers. We'll catch you guys next time.